Amen. You read that scripture, you may think, well, that, that's not much of a Mother's Day scripture, right? I think I've been here, at least my fourth Mother's Day, so I preached, I guess, three Mother's Day sermons now. And I think each one I, I chose a mother figure throughout the Bible and, and illustrated her the good qualities of her as a mother, as, as a woman, as a follower of Christ. And but as we begin to prepare and, and leading into into this time, into this month, and, and God really laid on our heart to go with with David through this month. And part of me like, well, I'll, I'll shift off here for a week. And then I got to studying this part of David and... and, and Lord willing, I will illustrate to you how what David learns in this situation is very prevalent for all of us, but especially for mothers in your life and women figures as you go through and things that we face sometimes in this world. And I pray that you will leave this place realizing that I might not have spoken about a biblical mother, but that it was beneficial for the mother figure. Amen? So I want to talk about as we talk about identity. I think what we can learn from David is that David realized that his identity was dependent on his connections, right? What we see in the story of David is how your connection to something can influence your identity. If you're identified by association, your friend of somebody is different than an associate, right? If I say I'm a friend of Mark, it paints one picture of my identity. If I say I'm just an associate of Mark, it paints a different picture. Uh, a son is different than a co-worker. The identity, the connection to a person is different. You may say that you're a believer or a member of a church or, or you believe in a religion, but are you a disciple of Christ? There's a, a difference in that connection to God. See, David was born into one of the many family groups in Israel. He came out of the tribe of Judah. We understand that from from the Bible. But not only was David, but Eliab, his oldest brother, was as well. And really, if you break it down, every person that was in that army, in that camp that day, came from the people of Israel. And by being associated with the people of Israel, they instantly had a connection to God. They were God's chosen people. They had a covenant through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob turned into Israel. And then Israel had, had his sons. And then his sons set up the tribes. And, and they went about and they went into each of their areas. And, they, and the Levites kept the temple. And all of them went to the temple to worship and offer up sacrifices and to praise the Lord. And they all, anybody that was born and raised in, in one of the Israel's tribes, had a connection to God. But we see that David was the only one that was willing to stand before for the giant. I think what we have to realize is, is that the connection that we have to God impacts the identity that we have in the world around us. Amen? So I want to look at this scripture. Why did David have a different level of connection with God? Because this is how he viewed his connection. This is the scripture there. It says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me... From the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. All right? Everybody else there viewed God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was their connection. They would go and they would worship in the temple and that they would offer up sacrifices when they sinned and when they didn't make mistakes. And they would follow all these things in the Mosaic Law. And that was their connection. That was the limit of their connection to God. But what we see in David is David viewed God as who? Who delivered me will deliver me. 
His connection to God wasn't just of somebody that sat above him or somebody that he offered sacrifices to. His connection to God was that of one that was delivered. That was delivered. See, there's a lot of times we come into church, we, we, we may come to church, we may believe certain things, but we, we might not have a relationship of a disciple, of a follower of Christ. And the connection there is different oftentimes. And, you know, if I go to church, we, we, we live in a community where everybody's probably been to church once or twice. Most of the people are going to say that they believe in God, that they know who God is, but not everybody is a, a disciple of Christ. Not everybody is a follower of the Lord. And that connection will impact your overall identity. There's a difference between a believer, there's a difference between a member of a church and a disciple of God. So what is your connection to God? How do you view yourself and view your relationship with God? Do you believe you have a surface level connection? And many times as, as walkers and believers in Christ, we, we have just a surface level connection sometimes where, where there's not a depth to it, there's not a sincerity to it, there's not a passion to it. It's just a surface level belief. Maybe due to where we were just raised in church and we've always been to church, we've always been a part of a church, but, but we just have that surface level connection. But Maybe we have a deeper connection. We, we've really committed to God. Something's happened in our life that's really shaken us. And we've had to depend on God on it in a deeper level. And that connection is different. And thus our identity is different. And what we see with David, the, the reason he was willing and trusted God enough to stand before the giant is because he had a different level of connection. The Bible says that David was what? A man after God's own heart. That just doesn't happen because he was raised up and went to temple services and raised up in an Israel house and raised up to know the, the certain things to do. It happens because he made a commitment and a deep heartfelt commitment to God. His connection was different than his brother Eliab or all the other ones because he viewed his God. He believed, he believed God was a deliverer. So how do you view your connection with God? Because that's a very important question. Before we can go anywhere else, you must understand that. How do you view your connection with God? Is He a Savior? He saved you from your sins and He, he turns your life around. You're no longer on the path to hell. You're no longer living a sinful life. You're no longer doing awful things. He's your Savior. Do you view Him as your Lord? That everything you do and all your actions and all your choices and all your decisions are dependent upon Him. Where you go and how you live your life, you look to Him. That is the depth of your connection. You're a disciple. You, you follow Him. You read His Word. You study Him. You, you try to, to learn of, of what He did and how He lived His life and, and apply certain aspects to your life. You're a disciple. That's your, your connection. But each of us has a unique connection to God. No two Christians are the same. I can go to each and every one of you and begin to discuss your relationship with God, your relationship with Christ, when it started, how it went, you know, were you raised in church, do you not know about church till you're older in your life, do you, did you serve, did you, have you never served, all these different things and it makes a very unique picture of your connection and ultimately it affects your identity. And we're going to see how important knowing what our identity is in Christ is as we look through David's story, but we must begin with what is your connection with Christ? What is your connection with Christ? Because, see, your connection will impact your, your influence. Your connection will impact your identity 
but then your identity will impact your confidence. Right? So if I asked you, what is it in your life that you're confident in? You might have different stories. If somebody came to me and said, I want you to run a marathon, I would not be very confident in my ability to do that. <laughs> uh, you might look at me and think that would be easy. And I'd be like, you don't understand. You need to wear glasses. Because obviously, running a marathon will not be the easiest task for somebody of my fitness. Right? Uh, but if you asked me to prepare you a meal, I'd be much more confident in my ability to accomplish that, that task. My confidence level, or lack thereof, comes from me understanding my limitations, my abilities. But what we see with David that he was a very confident young man. I mean, he, this is what he says. I mean, read this. Understand Let's set the stage. You, you've got a guy out there, nine, ten foot tall. I mean, stories no doubt ran through the camp of how many people this Philistine had killed. I mean, just he was an angry, aggressive, powerful looking man. And here's this young man that just rolled up into town with some cheese and bread for his brothers. And this is what he says to the king. He says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I... I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and, and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, this nine-foot fella, big and armed that, that, that nobody could lift up his shield and nobody could lift up his sword, this one that killed so many people, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Now let me ask you this. Where did David's confidence come from? David, who his own daddy wouldn't let him do anything but watch sheep. David, who, yes, he was anointed as king, but Samuel didn't take him with him like we talked about last week. David, who was the youngest of all the boys and had no responsibilities at home. Where does confidence like that come from? See, David's confidence is not founded in himself, but in God's promises to him. See, this is why it was so important for Samuel to anoint David early on in David's life. See, God wasn't ready to put David in his king yet. That was years down the road. So Samuel could have waited until it was time for Saul to be dethroned and, Samuel, and, and David to raise up. He could have waited to that point. But it was important for God to put his calling and anointing upon David early on in, in life. So that when David faced this moment, he would know his identity wasn't just a shepherd, but his identity was the called of God. Because see, when, you're, when your connection with God has changed, right here in, in David's past, he was just a shepherd boy that was raised up in an Israel house. But once he had a connection, and a deeper connection with God, it changed his identity. And who David believed and knew he was in God's eyes affected his willingness to do these certain things. Because let's be honest. If just a young boy or a young myself or a young you or whatever it is roll up to camp with a bunch of cheese and bread for your brothers and they a big old guy over there on the other side and look like he could kill you by spitting at you, you wouldn't have the faith and trust in your own identity to step out there and do that. But David realized that he wasn't living on his own own abilities. He wasn't trusting in his own abilities, but he was trusting in God's Amen. abilities and the calling that God had put upon him. 
Because he knew what Samuel said. If a couple years ago or whenever it was, whenever Samuel came into Jesse's house, he knew what happened then. He knew the connection he had with God, and it gave him a confidence in his identity, in his relationship with God, that whatever I face, whatever comes against me, whatever I go against in this life, I might not have the abilities, but he does. As humans, no matter what groups we come from, no matter what we face in this life, there are going to be things that we are not confident in approaching. Many of you, maybe, mothers, fathers, whatever it is, when you first found out you were going to have a child, right? Some of you probably were, were not very confident in being able to keep that child alive. You know, right? Some of your parents said, you ain't going to keep this child alive. And some, and, and you have people in your life like, I don't know. You, you're gonna have to. You gotta change some things. You gotta learn. Change. You don't even know how to change a diaper. You don't change your clothes enough during the week. How are you gonna keep this child? You, you know. You might have had some concerns about caring for a child. You might not have been very confident about accomplishing that task. There's things that happen in all of our lives, battles that we come against and that we have to face. That that you might not be confident in your own ability. That lack of confidence comes from an understanding of your limitations, but that lack of confidence also comes from not completely grasping the limitlessness of God. Because once we grasp and understand the limitless abilities and power and might of God, then anything we face doesn't look so insurmountable. Doesn't look so grand, doesn't look so mighty, doesn't look so tall. What does David keep on saying? He says, you have defied the living God. He understood the power that God had because he said, I have the living God. Goliath stood there on the other side of the field cursing him and all names of his other gods, but he said, you've defied the living God. The one that has the power, the one that has the strength, the one that my confidence is rooted and founded in, I ain't got anything to worry about. But we must have a confidence, not in our own abilities, but a confidence in in God's abilities. No matter what stage of life that we are in, how mature or how infantile in our relationship with God that we are at, we must understand that we can have confidence in God. But even then, there are times that we're seeking confidence. But we don't have a great confidence in ourselves and, and we don't, we've not come to a place with, with our connection with God where our identity is rooted in Him and our, and our confidence is strong in Him. And, but we want to have that confidence and we seek for it in the approval of others. If I could just be more like them, I'd be more confident in myself and, and who I am. I mean, that's what happens here. 1 Samuel 17, 38 and 39 says, So Saul clothed David with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. But what Saul was trying to do is what often happens in our life is we try to, to be so much like other people to gain confidence in ourselves and in our, in, in what we can do that we lose who it is that God is trying to make us. You see, there are a million opinions on the internet and in books of how you should live your life. 
And we see other people succeeding. We see other people confident in our workplaces or at school or, or in our families. And we're like, man, I wish I had that kind of confidence. I wish I had that kind of success. I wish I had that kind of power and influence in my, in my spheres, in my world, in my, in my family. And we begin to try to emulate everything that they do, thinking that it will gain us some kind of approval by the ones around us, give us some kind of confidence to do things that we haven't been able to do in the past. But that isn't how it works. You know, I think talking to mothers, talking to my wife, talking, talking to other people, I, I think mothers deal with that a lot, right? Trying to be like other mothers, feeling uh, inadequate, feeling not good enough, feeling like they don't match up to, to certain standards. You know, you've got your celebrity moms. They've got their kids dressed in the designer jeans and all fancy, and they're named after fruits, and they're named after all kinds of stuff, and, and, and they live in their fine lives, and that mom's back with toned abs with three weeks after pumping a baby out, and that baby's always happy, and that baby's never dirty, and you're like, man, or maybe you have a relative or, or somebody in the neighborhood or somebody at church, a, an older lady or something that as soon as something goes wrong or your child gets a little too loud or your clothes are a little wrinkled. They always have a story that usually starts with, well, when I had little ones, I used to, you know, you hear that. Maybe you've got a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend on Facebook and, and man, every day it seems like they're, they're posting how good their family's doing, you know. They learned how to, how to knit and bake bread and lay tile and prep all the meals, and that was before lunchtime. And they're going to write a book later. And you're sitting at your house in your bathrobe and your pajamas. You've wore, you don't even know how many days now. And you look around and you know what your house looks like, and you're like, what in the world? What's going on that I can't live up to? I can't, why can't I be more like them? Why can't I be more like that person? Why can't I have it together like she does? Why, why can't I, I put the pieces together like, like this person? It looks so easy for them. It, it looks like it doesn't take any kind of extra effort for them. They, they make it just, they just do it and it just seems like they, they don't even waste a breath. All their time is used right and everything's put together and their kids look great and there's, there's never anything going wrong. Why, why can't I be more like that? And we see that, and we deal with those emotions, and we end up trying to make ourselves copies of somebody else, of somebody that we think has it all together. And we say to ourselves, I could just be like them. My family would be better. My life would be better. My relationship with my husband would be better. My, my, everything I do would be, be better. People would think more of me. I would be more confident if I was just a little bit more like them. But trying to be like somebody else or who they present themselves as being. We've talked about that before. What you see isn't always the truth behind of what's going on, but trying to make yourself a copy of somebody else, it's, it's got one great flaw. You weren't supposed to be like somebody else. Because look at Saul. Goliath came out and said, anybody 
that is going to take me on. He didn't say privates, low, you know, grunts of the army. He didn't say captains. He didn't say people who have the best weapons. He said, anybody who wants to face me, come face me. And let's go. And guess who was there? Saul. Every day that Goliath came out, Saul was in his tent, would hear the trumpet sound to announce that Goliath was stepping out on the battlefield, would hear his grumbles and his curses and, 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 and the mockery that he was making of the people of Israel. Every time that happened, Saul was there. And Saul never stepped out of his tent to fight the battle. But when it came time and David was willing to go, Saul said, well, maybe you should do it like me. But if David was not as nice of a person, he could have said, well, why didn't you go in the first place? Because David didn't need to be like Saul. Because Saul wasn't willing to go. David had to be like David. David had to know who, how, what his identity with God was. Because Saul's identity with God was very different than David's identity with God. The anointing had been removed from Saul and placed on David. So if David would have just sought to be a carbon copy of Saul, he would have erred from the path that God wanted him on. He would have put himself in a place where he would not be usable to God just as Saul had done in his own life. See, God doesn't need you to be a carbon copy of that celebrity mom or that friend of a friend of a friend or, or that older lady that has advice and probably has good intentions, but it really just doesn't sit well with you in that moment. He doesn't need you to be a copy of that person. He needs you to be you. And the mother that, that you are and the mother that he is making you to be is the mother that he wants you to be. And you may feel inadequate in your motherhood. And you may feel like you don't live up to all the other mothers around you. It might be dying out five nights of the week. You might not have a good grasp of, of all these things that these other mothers do, but, but he is making you into the woman of God that he wants you to be. You just need to focus on that connection with Him. Right? Because He has a plan for you to make you the mother that your children need, to make you the wife that your husband needs, to make you the woman of God that your church needs and that your community needs, and that all that you're facing and that all that you're going through and you're looking at everybody else around you and like, why can't I be more like them? God's whispering because you don't need to be more like them. You need to be more like Him. Because if we're going to be a copy of anybody, let us be a copy of God. If we're going to model our life after anybody, let us model our life after Christ. And, and, and I told Tara, coming up here, I said, I always feel very awkward speaking on Mother's Day because I, I just can't, I don't know everything that a mother goes through. I don't know all the battles that she faces. I don't know all the things that she hears in her head at night. She lays down and maybe everything she wanted to do didn't get done. and It was a rough day. I, I don't know that, but I want you to know that, that God is making you into the mother that you need to be. And it's not going to look like any other mother. You ain't going to look like your mother. Maybe that's a good thing. A, you know, you might think that's a bad thing. I don't know. But it's who God wants you to be. And you might not be like the mother on the TV. 
Housewives or whatever, you know. I'd love to see a Housewives of El Paso. That'd be something, right? You may not look like that person on the TV screen. You might not look like that person on the Facebook when you scroll through and everything. And you might not look like that person like the mothers did 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. But you're looking like the mother that God wants you to be. And you can find confidence in your connection with God. And let that define your identity. Because when you do that, when you allow your connection with God, David had this connection where he viewed God not as just somebody in the temple where you go and worship, but as a, as a deliverer that was active in his everyday life. That defined David's identity. He viewed himself as the king that was anointed by the living God. Right? If you just worship a God that's in a temple, you might question he's living. But David had a connection where he saw him active in his everyday life. That affected his identity because I'm the king not of a God in the temple, but of a God that's active, that is living, that is thriving, that is everywhere I need to be. And that identity gave him confidence when it came to facing Goliath. So look at your connection, understand your connection with God to define your identity with God give you confidence in God. And realize you don't have to be a copy of somebody else. Because when you get to that point, this is what happens. You become a conqueror. Right? What the story goes on, and what I didn't read, is what we might, what probably most of us know is, is that David goes and with the sling of one stone conquers this mighty man that had, that had scared everybody else in the temple, or everybody else in the camp, everybody else in the army, was afraid to step foot even an inch closer to the field because they were worried somebody might think they were going to go do something crazy. Nobody wanted any part of them. But David steps up and he conquers this giant, which is arguably one of the greatest individual threats to ever come against the Israel people. David conquers it. Destroys it. Wipes it off the face of the earth. The Bible says that David didn't have a sword, so to fulfill the promise he made to, to this Philistine, he goes, pulls his own sword out, removes his head. Right there. And the Philistines run. And it was Goliath's body that the beasts of the field and the birds of the air feasted on that, that night. David became a conqueror. And just as David was a conqueror, one of the greatest threats to ever face the Israel people, so too was Jesus a conqueror of one of the greatest threats that have ever faced humanity, and that is sin and death. We understand that, that the price of sin, the consequence of sin, the wages of sin is death. Jesus came and in his life and in his death and in his resurrection, he conquered that as well. So if David was able to destroy the greatest warrior of the Philistines by building his identity in God by understanding that and deepening the connection he had with God and building his identity upon that, then we know that we can conquer any giant we face if we do the same. You know, giants don't look like they did back then. But giants are still very much active in our lives. We call them different things. Um, we may call them, you know, suffering. We may call them, you know, depression, anxiety, um, heartbreak. We may call them standards and expectations. And we may, we may call them, you know, 
bullies, we may call them all kinds of things, but they're giants no, no less in our lives. And as a mother, maybe your, your giant is, is within you, telling you that you're not a good mother, you're not a good wife, you're not a good housekeeper, you're not a good child of God, you're, you're not good at this, you'll never do any better than your mother or your grandmother, you're... You'll never break the cycle. You'll you'll never do anything of, uh, of any kind of consequence. You're you're ruining your children. Your 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 husband hates being with you. And these giants might scream out just as Goliath did over and over and over again. Every day when you wake up and every day when you go to bed, those giants are constantly screaming those same things in your ears. But I want you to know that just as David conquered the giant that he faced. Your relationship and identity with God can allow you to conquer those same giants in your life. Because just as the enemy and the giant screams these all these things, David was not shaken because he knew what his identity was as the coming king of the living God. And just because you might hear it over and over again from maybe in-laws or, or, or family or neighbors or any kind of people, maybe from yourself in the depths of the night, it doesn't have to be true. Let God speak truth into your life. David wasn't shaken by what Goliath said because he already knew what God had said. And you don't have to be shaken by what your mind tells you or what everybody else tells you or what the world tells you. You can be confident in your identity and your relationship with Christ and let that define you. In closing, I, I, I want to read, read, read this. I, um, so your identity isn't found in your performance or your accomplishments or even what people think of you. Your identity must be found in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All other sources of our value or worth or purpose that this world gives is shifting and unstable. Because you can be pleasing to somebody one day and be on the outs with them the next day. You can do what seems right and everything go good with your family one day and the next day things just seem to fall apart and crumble no matter how hard you try. So don't base your value or your identity as a person, as a Christian, as a mother, as, as a human being, in what you accomplish or what you can do or what other people say about you because those are fleeting just as the wind. But base it upon your relationship with God. If that connection needs to go deeper, take it deeper. If there's parts of your life that, that hinder that connection, remove those things. But focus on that connection with God and all other things. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will come from it, will spread from it, will flourish and blossom and bear fruit from it. So let us go through the connection, look at the connection, be honest with ourselves about connection. If it's a shallow connection, hey, you know, we can go deeper. If, if there is no connection at all, hey, you can connect with God. And then let that connection influence and tell you what your identity is with God. And then out of that identity, let there be confidence. The world has suffered too long from an identity crisis, trying to be everything and anything, that whatever's fleeting with society, whatever it brings, that's who I am. That's what I want to be. That's what we should be. 
but let your identity be founded in Christ because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You don't have to worry about Jesus jerking the workout from under you and telling you you need to be somebody different. If he's telling you to change, he's been telling you to change for a long time. It's not just because it's a whims and the ways and everything that he goes, but it's like he wants you to make you, he wants to make you into a better version of yourself, into a better Christian, better follower of him to strengthen that connection with him. Amen. So our identity is important. David doesn't conquer Goliath if he wasn't founded in his identity in God. It never happens. Israel falls to the Philistines. David never sits on the throne. Jesus never comes from the Davidic line. Salvation never comes. And we're still doomed to hell. But because David allowed his connection to God to influence and tell him what his identity was, he had enough confidence to do the thing that nobody else would do. So let's have that same goal in our life, that same aim in our life, to be the person that God is wanting you to be, to listen to what He is speaking into your life and following that path. As I sing, 